halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Camille Fantasia. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. Hi, I'm Jenny Tare. And this is Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. Uh, uh, I know you still have a little bit of a cold because it sounded like the new biddle, the new biddle age. Oh, isn't that cute? Biddle. I heard biddle. Oh, yes, that's even better. This is actually now a sex podcast about diddling. <laughs> 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 what I always hoped for. <laughs> Me too. Mm. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> How is everybody? Okay. Pretty, pretty decent. Uh, yeah. I want to apologize to our listeners. I didn't have my mic in place when this first started. So um, maybe the sound quality will have suffered when I said my name. Unacceptable. Um, no doubt they'll miss it. Yeah. But I've, I've told you to like, there's a couple podcasts I listen to. They frequently. What? You listen audio. to other podcasts? Um Trader. Unacceptable. It, it's yeah. for, well, no, you got to like, uh, what is this? Oppo research, you know? Oh, nice. Keep dibs on the comp. Yeah, I got to dib the comp. Mm-hmm. To, uh, so we That's can... how Zoomers talk. They just yeah. cut off the ends of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Totes. <laughs> yeah, it's real sus. It's real <laughs> sus, Cam. <laughs> I like sus. You know it's I good. like sus. <laughs> Uh, Infolds those those like slang words in you know that the kids uh, use with real ease. Yeah, you know I blend right in with the kid. <laughs> I don't want to watch this is us. I want to watch this is sus. That very would be a good. Much, much more fun show. Yeah, it's like variations on to catch a predator. <laughs> <laughs> is that um, even still on? Did the guy himself probably. get into trouble? Oh, the guy who hosted it? Yeah. The guy with like that voice. Oh yeah, he did. Wait, wait. Oh, he he Amazing. he just got busted or something. Like is that I don't, right? I don't think it's a child predator, but which would be oh. bizarre. But um, we have to make this movie. This is turn, so great. In turn. <clears throat> In turn, Google, I I just actually read something about that. It was this online, he had a whole YouTube channel um, and it was about catching predators. And Um, he was like using it to catch young women or what? He got caught trying to do that himself. Wow. Um, Yeah. Very, haha. Oh, the irony. Okay. So this is, this is like bizarre. A million perverts rejoiced. Oh, yeah. This is by Ashley Turner at The Wrap. To Uh catch a predator host, Chris Hansen arrested after not turning over sex trafficking video evidence. Wow. This is really dark. uh, Like porn or just? It says uh, it was anticipated he would present a video against three men charged with attempting to solicit underage girls for sex. Not porn. Like what he does is lure them yeah. in the house with a like a young girl who's not actually underage. Yeah. And they, remember his voice? Yeah. It was like so distinct. What were you gonna do? You were gonna have pizza with her? She's thirteen. <laughs> She's thirteen years old. Did She's you know my thirteen year old girlfriend. <laughs> so back off. I'm not giving you the video. Wonderful. Yeah, what the fuck? That's weird. I, I don't think I don't think he did anything wrong. I think it's it has to do with um and and I also don't want to be uh, contacted by his lawyers. It sounds like it was just like a dispute between the courts and him about how much evidence could be presented that they had acquired. Damn. Are you saying show. he's not a pervert? I loved I, the where this story was going. I know this was this really came to an uneventful grinding halt. Here's a story I was talking about, you guys. This is on Law and Crime Network, which, by the way, put out umpteen million videos about the Johnny Depp 
Amber Heard trial. So this is from Law and Crime Network, which covered the Amber Heard case and covers a lot of pop culture law things. But it says, YouTuber known for exposing child predators just caught another one. Cops say... Okay, never mind. That's not the story I thought it was. <laughs> okay, so it is not the host of To Catch a Predator being a predator. I wanted it to be. Yeah, that sounds too. horrible. <laughs> I would think um, that he would be slightly more like canny, but who knows? So speaking of criminals, just before this, I was just starting to tell you about these women pirates. And what's yeah. really, what's really, really sexy is that they were on Captain Rackham's ship. Oh, Rackham. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Pirate, pirate Rack. I think Pirate Rackham is the treasure <laughs> they're going after in Tintin and the uh, Rackham's treasure. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Oh, gosh. I don't know much about pirates. Um, but these then, are lesbian pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. But they, they dressed up as men. So they were on the crew of Captain Rackham's ship. And he had strict orders that if. Who the fuck is Captain Rackham? He was a, a he was a noted pirate of the 18th century in the Caribbean. Is he the wow. guy that was like the 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 dean of our uh, school? Remember Rackham? <laughs> no, Rackham Auditorium. No, yes. I think, I think was a pirate he like named after a famous pirate. I don't think so. I think it was probably named I feel after. Like that's I'm going to venture a guess that that like giant I'm mausoleum sure that that like is exactly the case. Yeah, that gold trickled down into like an esteemed philanthropic family. Exactly. All of those gold balloons were used to further theater um, education. And 100%. Behind every sure. great auditorium is a great crime. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Rackham was caught and hanged um, in oh, London. Sad. So okay. uh, I'm not sure about that. But what, what's really cute about the Lady Pirates is that they both dress as men. And Rackham had these strict orders that if a man was boinking, if one of his sailors was brought a lady on board and was boinking her, he was to be put to death. Wow. So apparently he busted in while um, Bonnie, one of the pirate ladies, mm -hmm. and... Um, and Mary Reed were, I don't know, scissoring. He walked in on them and he's like. <laughs> they were really scissoring? That's what. Yeah, which sex act was they, it? They wow. Are you saying that they Did rocked the boat? <laughs> That's right. He they, was um, like, oh, the boat is rockier than usual. I'm going to come knocking. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. They were like, no mast needed. Is this really true? So so he was like, basically, I'm going to put you to death because, you know, he thought there were men who were buggering. Okay. And they're like, no, no, actually, we're ladies. And he's like, and oh. And then he was like, oh, that's hot. That's totally Yeah, he was cool, like, right? can I join? Yeah, because he had, been, like, hooking, uh... he had been hooking up with, um, <laughs> with uh, Bonnie. What's her last name? And Bonnie. Oh, with one She's of the Anne lady Bonnie. pirates? Yeah, yeah, she was. Oh, she was a polyamorous. She was bi. She was a modern gal. Wow, that's amazing. When yeah. are we pitching this TV show? Seriously, right? I mean. I don't yeah. even know what this is. Why are you talking about lesbian? But what, what, what part of the world or the, like, like. The universe, the metaverse, the the, the your your universe. Are we talking about what the, is this? This is from the Caribbean, your neck of the woods. Did this in is this a news item that I don't know? It related to something we were talking about earlier. Rum. I told you that my rum yeah. was pulled out of a pirate's hand. Yeah. There you go. Seventeen sixty-three. All roads lead back to rum. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good too. Um, That's another T-shirt. All roads lead back to Rome. Uh, yeah. Or bum. Whatever. Oh, oh. Um, but otherwise, everybody's okay. Everyone's doing well. We all survived the 4th of July without getting shot. <sighs> and I was, a, I, was I, I was probably the only one at a very large 4th of July event of the three of us, right? I had to work. I had a barbecue. I brought my grill up to the booth and barbecued for the kids. It was actually really nice. It's really nice. It was sweet, actually. Did um, you have to yell at anybody? <laughs> oh. No. I mean, I think they felt like, um, you know, the student workers who are here on campus during the summer, I think it's 
can can be kind of a mixed experience. You know what I mean? Hold on. Are you, else a, is gone. are you in an open air booth? It's not. No, we have a picnic table now outside of the booth and we can bring the emergency phone, which is a cell phone outside with us. And it was so dead. And what's amazing is we get paid time and a half. So it's oh, like nice. you're getting paid for two days. And so anyway, I bought my my propane grill up and we like grilled for like four hours. It was actually really nice. That sounds really nice. Did you pay sweet. for the meat? Yeah, I bought stuff, but they also they brought things to I'd like basically little do they know anything in my fridge that was like about to kind of go bad that I thought could grill. I basically brought up there. Just, I was like, oh, kids, these are mushrooms. And meanwhile, they're like <laughs> half petrified. <laughs> That's fine. Just, yeah. just grill them within an inch of, the li- of their life and, and, and throw a cup of salt on them. That's also, basically have, what I did. They have young, sturdy stomachs. I know. They can handle it. They don't have like delicate, you know. Yeah. I had like a puckered zucchini and I was like, oh, we're going to grill this. You know, I'm like, it's been marinating. Like, they don't know. I'm like, you don't need to know that this has been in my fridge for two weeks. And like, it's basically the grill or the like garbage dump. You know, you're, they're you're so like, hi, I'm Jen Tayer. Um, I'm middle-aged and so is my produce. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, my produce is just about at the end of its life. So it's time for it to get into your young stomach. Uh, but it was oh, actually very nice. I have to say very, puckered very zucchini sweet. is a great Shakespearean insult. Yeah, oh, oh, you got the puckered face zucchini. <laughs> it totally was. It was starting to turn into a pickle. But they ate it and they were like, it's so good. I'm like, uh-huh. It was very nice, actually. Also, things you never want to hear somebody say about your penis. It was like a puckered Puckered zucchini. zucchini. Yeah, no. (laughs) Or your vagina. (laughs) Yeah, no. No. Did you go to a big, like, to-do, Camila? Yeah, it was the big to-do in Kansas City. um, Because you have this, this really tall World War I monument from the 30s. I don't know how tall things are. 300 foot tall monument, Art Deco monument. That's really impressive. And the fireworks are sort of symmetrically arranged behind it. It's good. It sounds really nice. I got some pics. I got some vids. Yeah. As as, uh, Gen Z would say. Totes. Kim, you had the day off. Yeah, I did. I had the day off. I've been... um... I've been just, you know, relaxing, gallivanting a little bit, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. here and there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, relaxing and gallivanting are kind of opposites. Yeah, no, but that was just, that was a list of things that was, I was giving you the itinerary. So you relax? I feel like gallivanting. This and that. What'd you say? I feel like relaxed gallivanting is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Is that like running in slow motion down the beach? I always run in slow motion, just like. um, (laughs) AKA I walk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like Pamela Anderson, but old. Since we're going to be talking about sexy things today, give me a little preview. Has anybody watched the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee show? I've only seen pictures and they look really similar. Like the actors are really, I mean, the actors are spot on looks wise at least, but no, I haven't seen it. Has anyone and I really have no interest. I know. I, I mean, I don't why? really, I just, I don't really watch <clears throat> sex-based content anymore like it doesn't titillate me oh really you need to watch conversations with friends you would feel differently what do you mean it doesn't titillate you what's yeah i I feel like i've regressed to like 13 or or even younger maybe like 11 year old where i'm like i don't want to watch two people having sex in my media like move on move the forward yeah i'm not interested anymore i've seen it you don't watch porno (laughs) um Absolutely You can plead the fifth. Remember, okay. my, remember my mom's listening. Oh, right. Okay. Hi, Tina. Hi, Tina. Sorry. I'm so Hi, Tina. Rude. I watch porn. I do sometimes. I Look, I actually feel completely <laughs> the opposite of you. 
Like, um, I really want to see, I want to see people having, uh, like, I don't want to watch porn, but I want in movies, I actually, I think the lack of sex in movies is actually a kind of a bummer. No, there's no question that sex has been replaced by more and more violence yeah. since our early moving going days. Yeah. That like, is sex for Americans. Yeah. I know. I, I don't, sick. I don't want to replicate another podcast that did this. But they, uh-huh. they did like a weekly watch of the erotic thrillers of the 90s and early 2000s. And that seemed really fun. Like those ridiculous Adrian Lyon movies. Yeah. Or like Silk Stockings. You oh, guys remember that? Yeah, but that's like more straight up softcore erotica, isn't it? What yeah. about... Um, I'm, I'm talking about like... Skin uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about basic instinct. I'm talking about... Oh, I just watched that um, again. You did? Yeah. Um, and also, what's play the- close, boiling the rabbit. Why am I blanking out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I just watched that one too. Oh, yeah. Um, Wild Things is very funny. Yeah, there's just a whole series of them. But you're what saying about- it's been done. Yeah, sex has been done. Really? No. Yeah. I've seen it, I've consumed it, I've experienced it. Now I just need to move on to the next plot point. I don't know. I think it can be really beautiful. I just find conversation much more sexy. (laughs) What about both? (laughs) At the same time. No, I mean, like, not like hardcore porn, because I think that's really fucking people up, you know? Um, But I'm talking about, like, beautiful filmed, like, sex that is, you know, encompasses part of the human experience. I don't know. I think... I actually think the sexlessness of movies is really interesting in the context of the rise of of pornography, the ubiquitousness of pornography, that it's disappeared from one arena, but it's like overrepresented in the other. Do you know what I mean? Do you think do you think it has disappeared? I mean, it's always been sort of like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm mm. thinking about movies of like the 70s it's like where, where porn and mainstream film there was a very thin line at one point yeah because the production values were great on porn and there were just flat out porno scenes yeah. um in in mainstream features yeah. yeah um like what's the one with the you know, Marlon Brando. Oh, uh, yeah. Paris, Last Tango in Paris. Very, that is extremely graphic. Because yeah. uh, the actress said she was sexually assaulted. I believe that's what she said, or that there was some. Yeah, she sort said of, she was very mistreated. Yeah, mistreated. Wow. And she might not have used that term, sexually assaulted, but there was coercion. She was surprised. She was not taken care of. She was yeah, young. Yeah, Romy Schneider. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's very uh, explicit sex that was yeah. happening in movies then. So, I, I, yeah, maybe you're right. Is it nine know. and a half weeks a that introduced me to, like, using ice cubes and fruit during sex? God, nine and a half weeks is such trash. <laughs> uh, talk about somebody yeah. who's, like, that is somebody who, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. His life certainly is a cautionary tale, right? For like the the sort of downside of fame. Do you remember him? He was like so beautiful. He was really talented and he just kind of threw it all away. Like he got a ton of really odd plastic surgery. He became a it's because boxer. of his boxing, though, right? Yeah. I think yeah. That's he became why. like a boxer. It seems like he was just bored with being an actor. Right. And was looking for like greater and greater thrills. I don't know. I, I find him to be a very because I think he was a genuinely good perform, like a very good actor. But what's but but what's you know, how's he doing? What's the cautionary tale? Did he like, OK, so he became a boxer and his face is he became he a boxer, a big comeback. but I think he, he has a big comeback he, and then he gets an Oscar. Uh, I don't fighter. know if he got the Os- Oscar, but he was nominated. He. Definitely did real damage to his career. And I think was known as a deeply unreliable person. Mm -hmm. Like he couldn't be hired after after a point. Was there drugs involved or was it just something else? 
Maybe. Do you guys remember Angel Heart? Did you ever see that? Yes. With which like with Lisa Bonet. I know. And it really caused my idol her a huge amount of controversy. Like that was very controversial for her. Yeah, she was still in the Cosby show. And that was not well received by anybody on the Cosby show or America. Although it's a good film and she's good in it. Yeah, from what I remember. I mean, like her brand was just like hot. Like, was anybody hotter than Lisa Bonet? Like, yeah, Lisa Bonet is beautiful. So, I mean, she still is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's still very beautiful. Um, Before I get screamed at by our listeners, the movie was actually The Wrestler, not The Fighter. Okay. And you're correct. He was nominated to win. Thank you. I got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. After many years of being kind of out of the loop. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he really did. He did a number on his face. Yes. Yeah, he did. I don't know. It's interesting. You know what I mean? It seems very, it seems very Greek to me, like flying too close to the sun. Like you destroy the thing that you basically make a, a, you know what I mean? Like there is some kind of self-destructive element there, right? It's like you get your face pummeled and you're a movie actor. Yeah. Is that what Christian Bale does? Like, I have to be overweight. I have to be 20 pounds for this role. Is he, is he, 20 pounds. he has yeah, to be 20 although, pounds, not lose 20 pounds. I read recently that he's like, I'll never do that again. Mm. After he gained like a hundred pounds for beep. That's, that's, that's horrifying. I mean, the damage, I don't know. I don't know if there's any amount of money that uh, that's so extreme. I wish oh, he, I wish he would have gained a hundred pounds for Veep. That would have been hilarious. But I think he gained it for Vice. Oh, that would be amazing. It was Vice. It was, Sorry. Yeah, it was it like, like <laughs> Veep is like. <laughs> that would have been really funny. If he yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's silly. Sorry, Veep Vice. You know, no, no one, no one gains a hundred pounds for an Emmy. Um, it's true yeah shit sorry (laughs) yeah i still contend the funniest show ever put on television or any other media it is very funny that's very good have you ever seen better things camilo no idea what it is it's about this woman who is raising her three daughters alone and she's like an actress who's it's based on her life pamela adlon who made like a career out of sort of bit parts it's really good, actually. It's really charming. It's really about her relationship with her children, which is very interesting. I, I've never been less sold on a show from a description, I have to say. Oh, God. God, do you have a heart? Like, I actually see coal seeping out of your chest. There is something in here that goes ba-doom, 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 but um, I don't know, it's maybe maker. my robot heart. I think you would like it, actually. She's very, very, very good in it. Very charming. It's it's one of those shows that's actually genuinely surprising. They don't go for easy sentimentality. And like one of her her daughters is like really nasty to her and she's kind of nasty back, which is an interesting mother daughter relationship to see on screen. I mean, they love each other, but it's very like mutually insulting. Oh, it's like Downton Abbey. It's, it's real. I mean, I've seen it. Not with my mother, but I hear people talk about it and discuss mothers with narcissism and mothers with everybody's narcissist these days. That's oh my God. True. I just realized my mother was a narcissist. Like I was <laughs> raised by narcissists. My boss is a narcissist. Everybody's a narcissist. Um, but I mean, <laughs> not to make light. Am I allowed to say that after I totally make light of it? I think you are. I mean, everybody yes. is a narcissist to a certain extent. You know, I, I right, but people just throw around that word to just denote anybody that did something that they don't like. True. It's a little much. Yeah. Have you my therapist recently recommended that I read a part of the Four Agreements. Have you read this book? Are no, you I don't even know it. <laughs> it's a book written by a Latin American man living in the U.S. I forget his mm-hmm. name, but it starts with Don, which kind of bothered me because it's like... Don Juan? <laughs> Don much. Julio? <laughs> it's like, yes. Don, Don Julio Miguel? Of the tequila. 
And um, I think it is a Don Miguel something now that you mention it with a last name. And it's written in a style that I don't particularly like. It's similar in style to The Alchemist, like very, very plain, like glaringly obvious metaphors and meaning, almost written like in a childlike manner. Um, but some of the substance of it is very, very good. So um, elaborate. The, the, so he's got these four agreements that like you will br- break free from the hell of life on earth and live in your own private heaven. <laughs> if you, so that stuff to me is like, okay, this is very over the top, but the actual implementation of the agreements is interesting. And it, I, I don't remember all of them, but the first one is like be impeccable with your word. It's just like mean what you say, like, don't, you know, prevaricate and whatever. Fine. But the one she wanted me to to really look at is don't make any assumptions, which was interesting. You know, like don't just don't assume that somebody because I leap to conclusions about things. Right. So that was why she had me read this. She's like, don't assume that somebody's upset with you or like doesn't like what you did or whatever, just because you're not hearing back or blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. It's a good concept. Um, But then there's one that she hadn't told me to read. I just read the whole book because it's really, it's a quick read. It's very short. So it's that uh, other people are just pretty much thinking about themselves all of the time, you know, and that's like, oh, it's don't take anything personal. That's the agreement. I think that's the second one. Don't take anything personal because everybody's in their own world and they're just completely obsessed with what's going on with them. Like 90% of the time, if not more. I don't accept that. Why do we have relationships with people? Uh, Sure. Don't take things personal with the like person who filled up your gas or the, you know, person who cut you off uh, at that intersection, but like with your family, with your friends, don't take anything personally. That's what he argues. And I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. you have to accept everything in the book. Is there some other stuff that I don't necessarily subscribe to personally for my own life? But what he's saying is you can continue to take things personally. It's just going to cause you grief. So his suggestion is. Why stop there? Why, why stop with don't take anything personally? Don't, don't form relationships with people that you feel that you need only keep people around that need you more than you need them. You, you know what I mean? Like that's the, those are the next logical conclusions because um, we take things personally because we care about people. Yeah. And isn't that like weirdly sociopathic? Yeah. Like, it's, isn't it it's, sort it's of a little bit, in an, a little bit odd, antiseptic. In an no. odd way, it's like be the sociopath who you don't want other people to be. Right. I think in a sense, it's like it's sort of in a way. And I'm not like the number one defender of this book, by the way. I'm just sort of telling you. Number one defender. (laughs) Look, it's Don Miguel. He's one of my people. But Uh it's interesting as you read it because you can take or leave, you know, the things that he's saying. And as my as my therapist says, like, yes, a lot of it is very woo. -woo. You know, it's like that kind of. Um, it's not even self-healthy language, self-healthy language. It's just very like spiritual. It sounds like Machiavelli for idiots. But if there's something very. mm, Machiavelli for dummies. But it's like becoming, there's something Buddhist about it, which is basically like reach a state. Non-attachment. I mean, I was thinking that. Of nothing bothering you and blah, blah, blah. God, but what's the point? Like. Well, the point is to not live in a constant state of neurosis, I think. Well, that's fair. But like, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever read a self-help book that like you thought helped you? I don't. I I was going to say, I was going to jump in and just say, this is exactly why I don't like self-help books. I get to maybe the first chapter and and then something completely idiotic that I just cannot swallow is said and i'm just like no and this person does not have their they do not have it more together than i do you know they're just a fucking human i don't know all their shit and i don't believe in gurus i don't believe in idols even though i said lisa bonet was my she was when i was 13 (laughs) so but you know i don't believe in propping people up like that 
Yeah. Um, I do believe in expertise. It's a completely different thing than self-help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100% on board. The, the only reason I appreciated this book was because, A, it's super short, as I said. <laughs> So it did not absorb. Not like that Atlantic article that you didn't read. Yeah, Jen. I mean, yeah, trying to years monopolize later. our time with Please. epic uh. expose by the Atlantic. But it, A, it was short. And B, it was the kind of thing that was like, oh, this is an interesting concept. I can think about this for a few minutes. It's not, you know. Um, and then also like chuckle at the whole idea that everybody lives in their own personal hell. <laughs> it's like you can create your own. Head. That made me laugh. I can be walking so around in the, my own what's heaven the take away? Is Are we meant to be happy if we um Yeah, he the, claims that if you follow the four agreements, you will be happy and you will be in your own personal heaven on earth. Gosh, really? Has, okay. A, guaranteed better, again. Guaranteed. I think, wait, wait, wait. Or your money a, back. I think a better version of this book is actually Victor Frankl's book that he wrote when he was literally in like Dachau in, in the Holocaust. And it's like man's search for meaning. And it's basically about how suffering is intrinsic to the human experience and how to make peace with that. And that's one of the like seminal texts of the 20th, late 20th century when he got out of the concentration camp and he's sort of the founder of a lot of modern psychology. Is, um, it, is it acceptable to just read the graphic novel Mouse instead? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think they're very different. Although I've read that it's very good art speak on them. Yeah. What's one good thing in that book too, is it shows that people aren't perpetual, like, like the fa the father who was in the camps is like actually kind of racist and the son is like why are you how can you be like this and it shows that people are very flawed no matter what their actual victim status you know that people are not the people are complex i thought that was one of the, the most like um that's a nice way about to put book. it people are complex people <laughs> another way to put it is just people are rotten but that's <laughs> a really dark way of putting it oh god I can't. Th I, I I feel like I'll be honest. You're not in the states, Kim. So, but it feels it feels so dark here right now that I have to. I don't know. Just embracing those concepts. I have to. I have to look for the light. You know. Yeah. Because it I would understand. be so easy to descend into just total despair. Because it's the news is really tough. You know, it's really it, tough it is. to bear. I'm sorry. Did one of you buy like a flock of birds or is that just like that's my my bird window? <laughs> it's so incredible. They're so, so loud. They're so many. I know they're I, like I noticed that on our last recording. I'm like, who has the fucking birds? Yeah, it's like a bird whorehouse outside. <laughs> you my would window. think it's like I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you, we have a big like tree and they're fucking 24 <laughs> seven. It's like a bird porno factory. It, it's crazy. It sounds so. Um, okay. I'm going to take video for you. I think it's tough to see. These perverts are unbelievable. <laughs> they're like bird perverts <laughs> outside my window. Birdverts. Yeah. They're birdverts. And they're always going at it. I'm not kidding. Like the tree is actually shaking. <laughs> can you see? Can you? What does it look like when birds have sex? I don't think I've ever seen that. I there's a lot of fluttering of feathers. <laughs> there's a cloaca invo involved. Cloaca, cloaca. Mm -hmm. I remember that from biology. Mm -hmm. All I know is they're flying yes. in and out of there all the time. There seems to be one angry bird and one happy bird. And I'm like, you do you. Can you keep it down? It's beautiful. Um, yes, I want to see video of this tree. And it's birds yeah. are like maybe dying out. It's be happy that you have birds. Oh, God, don't. Uh, we can't. No, let's we can't not. do more dystopian news today. Should we talk about this like super uncomfortable movie that you made me watch? <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of speaking of interest, I don't believe you were super uncomfortable watching that movie. You were just being your brand right now, but let's hear it. 
This is a song for a random feature. What's it about? Whatever we feel like. Might remind you of your middle school teacher. With info that's useful? Uh, nah. Psych? Jen, why don't you tell us about a little, you know, give us a little intro. What's, it's called Leo, what's the name of the movie again? It's like, goodbye. Good, Good luck, luck Leo to Grand. you, Leo Grand. Okay, so it's about, spoiler alert. Okay, if so you're gonna many watch, spoilers. So many spoilers. So many Let's spoilers. just say up, up at the top. If you plan on watching this movie, like, you should watch the movie and then listen to the rest of this podcast. Should okay? We? Yeah. You know what I've seen in other podcasts? It's like you we have like spoiler alert now, but then we like don't spoil anything quite yet until later. Like we get more specific with the plot. Okay, well, could I just at least give them a little bit of a synopsis of it? Sure, but and I will say that in my opinion, this movie is so predictable plot-wise that even if you hear the plot, that's not you could have you could have guessed what's gonna happen. From the first five minutes. From the first five minutes, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So Emma Thompson plays a retired school teacher who has never had an orgasm. And we meet her in a hotel room where she has hired a sex worker who is a young Irish man. um, And he's, I think, of Jamaican descent originally, right? Or like his mother was, but I would, I, he, he biracial, looks, uh, the actor. biracial, he looks mixed, yeah. the actor. And um, we meet them on their first date and she sort of ex- like explains her background or why she's, what, what has led her to this moment. And she, nothing really physical happens at that point because she's just so she's a basket case. uncomfortable and uptight and a basket case speaking of and neurotic then, yes extremely neurotic <laughs> neurotic you need very... to check out the four agreements the four agreements uh only yes 24.99 at your local booksellers at b dalton should have gotten the four not sponsored by <laughs> she got a sex worker and then we see her over four subsequent dates right there's him. four total four acts if you will four, four acts and with i'm the, sure the producers the climax, were happy ha, 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 in the third act yes and i'm sure the producers were very happy because it's literally one location it's literally a play which is, i was thinking how cheap was this movie i Anything know the most profit. expensive thing this was Emily to do it salary <laughs> she was the most expensive thing in the movie you know they all got paid $500 in like craft services and we're like, thank you. <laughs> probably. I think she probably got paid a little more. Oh, um, she did. Of course. She did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll open the floor up. What did you guys think of it? Uh, okay. Okay. Um, I think I already shared my opinion earlier via text. Okay. But, well, but I felt you... like it's something I would have seen mm-hmm. off Broadway in 1998. Like it's written like a play. It's got the beats of a play. It's four acts, very, the buildup is very theatrical in a sense. The dialogue is very theatrical. It could have easily been put up on a stage as we discussed the one, the two locations, the second, the last location of which is just a little cafeteria with only one other character in it. Surprise. Should Should we not spoil who the third character is? Maybe to lure them in? We already gave them a spoiler alert. Let's just talk yeah. about it. But yeah. um, I think it's I think it's rescued by like the dialogue is snappy. Like that, I thought it was it's clever, it's snappy. I just I just didn't know what it was bringing to the table in 2022. I, I feel like this is mm-hmm. well trod territory. Even if you go to like the whatever Marigold Hotel. You know, older women, older uptight women discovering younger, you know, sexy men. Young flesh. I don't. I actually don't know. When when do we see that? Give Give me some examples. Uh huh. One. You've given one other example. Literally, the sea of content. I just feel like we had this whole rash, uh, not currently, of movies where elderly specifically british women specifically maybe okay, maggie elderly. and uh, okay. sorry maggie maggie smith and judy she's Bain. meant to be 55 by the way which is just um a few years older than the oldest one of us 
which is not me. <laughs> is she really? The character is meant to be 55? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That uh, made Camila momentarily speechless. I, okay, I'm, let me, okay, let, I would like you to name right now five movies that revolve around an older woman over the age of 55 discovering her late, like, sexuality and getting it on with a, a like, markedly younger co-star. The um, clock is ticking. Eat, Pray, Love, the... Uh, she's um, like Julia Roberts. She's fucking gorgeous, and she's like forty. So that does yeah, not that count. count. Is that movie that old? Yeah, and she's like, and Javier Javier Bardem is the like, and he's basically her age. Look, I'm telling okay, you. Okay, no, I'm keep going. So you said there is a. Scene. I don't remember the exact names of the movies, but it's like basically British. <laughs> there are uptight British women go to Italy, like is a whole genre. Uptight British women go to Greece. Uptight British women go to Turkey. I don't know every Mediterranean country that's not, you know, the bleak. I can wars. think of when Stella, how Stella got her groove back, but yeah, totally not uptight British woman. American black woman who's probably in her forties, but she's having an affair with a young Jamaican. But it's 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 different, you know. The putting her over fifty really, I think, is uh, makes a, a big difference. And in terms of like what we see, the physical closeness and the sex scenes, I I haven't actually seen a, a, an older woman on on film like that in a sexual uh, situation, certainly not with a young, beautiful man. Like, I don't think that's well-trod territory at all. Agreed. I think also the movie pulls a fast one on us because- How so? Because, okay, now going to major spoiler territory, but when we actually do see intercourse, it's very flattering angles to her. I mean, okay, the guy is physically perfect, so there's not a bad angle. But, you know, as we age, you might get some bad angles. I think it's happens. It's going to happen. If it hasn't happened already, it's going to happen to all of us. And there's sort of a final shot where we see... Emma Thompson, how she really looks. And it's like, why, why didn't, I don't know. I just felt like it was camouflaged earlier. And why is there a reveal at the end like that? What does it mean? Like, why couldn't we see the messy, the messiness of a middle-aged, of a middle-aged body during the sexual act itself? I think that the point was she felt beautiful and was beautiful in that moment. And that, First of all, our bodies in motion are look different at different times. And I don't think it was about pulling a fast one. It was about we, if this young, beautiful, physically perfect sex worker can see something attractive about her, which he says he does, which I assume is true. Like, I believe that. I like that about that character. I believe that he likes his work and that he yeah. needs to find something attractive about all of his clients and, and, and does and, and, you know, enjoys it because of that. I think he can find what's beautiful about her. Yeah. And that's what's reflected in those moments. And I don't think it was more, it was about, pulling a fast one. It was about like, we, we all have moments of beauty and, and, and sex can be beautiful and sex puts a rosy glow on everything. And hmm. shit, I know I have my angles that I like better than others. You know, I don't, I think it was, I think it was nicely done. And I do like that we see her just like looking straight on at her body at the end as it is. And I think, we're not meant to be let down. We're just meant to take it as it is her as she does. You know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's well said. Like, honestly, I think anything harsher, it's a mainstream movie. 
it's not like a harsh art film about, do you know what I mean? Like there has to be a certain softness to, to the way that they deal with that, because if not, you're going to turn an audience off for better or for worse, you know, like it's not a Michael Haneke movie. Like I, but I'm just saying it's a different, it's, it's broaching this conversation with like a pretty, you have to think a pretty wide and diverse audience. I have two questions for you guys. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's my issue with it. It actually has no edge. It's just, it's very, it's not that type of movie. It's like, in a way it's like trying to be transgressive, but it's, it's like, I think about my mother and her experience watching that movie. I think would have been really profound. So maybe, that I believe that so she maybe, had a similar experience to that character. I, mean, I think yes and no. She pretty much only had sex with my father. I think they had a, a I don't know what their sex life was like. My mother was a mystery in many ways, but she was married to my father for she married him at 19 and she was with him until she died at 73. He was I'm pretty sure the only man she ever knew. I know that they had their ups and downs and that I mean, when I think of myself, you know, they definitely had sex. I definitely know there's, that because, because <laughs> there's many, <laughs> many reasons. Yes. <laughs> then other Wait. things that I will not mention. on oh. here. But um, I think about myself at 19 versus myself, even now in my mid 40s. And I think about my mother at 19 versus living with my father till she was 73. I mean, that is mind blowing to me. Like she didn't go to college. She had children, a, you know, she had my sister a year after they were married a year, maybe a year and like a year and a half. So I think for a certain woman of a, a women of a certain age, that movie would be very profound, actually. Um, the one but, a thing movie, I did- but a movie should be uh, resonate more broadly. Right. Because I don't want I don't want to sit here and be like, this movie was not for me because. And I don't mean like a genre, you know, because it's it's not really a genre movie. It's a human. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say human interest, but a human, you know, a story about humanity, let's say. Right. Okay. So I example, feel like those movies should resonate more broadly and it shouldn't be. There should have been more gay sex, right? There should have been. We should have seen <laughs> that. Actually, I, we should not have seen that scene because that was when the guy was a teenage boy. So, no. But um Okay, I've seen a gay sex movie called Weekend, (laughs) which I thought was very good. And I also recognize that it was not exactly for me. Yeah, but most most gay film is absolute and utter trash. So Yeah, well, this wasn't, but I also recognized it pretty much wasn't for me. And part of what I appreciated was its specificity towards its own audience. Yeah. But weirdly, those trying to be general. But that's weird because those movies are usually not for me. Those those gay movies. Well, why? Because you're not interested in sex with uh, older ladies. I mean, that's you're not giving. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I am I am interested in the right circumstances. I just didn't think this was the vehicle. It was just a little too light. It was like feather light. I I did enjoy it. It wasn't trenchant in any way, shape or form for me. I was moved. It just, I liked, I thought they had a lot of snappy dialogue that I enjoyed, which pulled me through. But I didn't believe for a moment the setup. I didn't believe for a moment the relationship. What didn't you believe about the setup? Happens every day. No, I don't think anything like this has ever or could ever happen. What are you talking about? Sex workers aren't like this. Sex workers. Okay, based on what assumptions? Please, let's break this down. What what aren't they like? like? This was basically... This was character was basically like one of those people who are like in heaven in hell, but they have one more chance to redeem themselves and go to heaven if they help a human on earth. Like, I don't know, bloom and blossom. It's you, just you he was felt such like an he agent. Was too and of course, yeah, he's really idealized. And then she's, you know, creates growth. And of course, she reciprocates and helps him grow. It, it, Maybe because I don't I don't like that genre of movie where it's like very forced. We help each other develop as humans. I just I don't think that happens in real life. It only happens in movies. Not if you're reading the four agreements. That's the thing. That's work that you do on yourself. I just feel like 
it's very, very rare that a third, a second party, I guess, influences you enough to, to change. I only see that in movies. Like, I just think we are fundamentally the way that we are. I don't know if that's true when it, in relation to sex. Especially. Like, I do think, I do think that there is something about being intoxicated sexually with somebody that can be really profoundly, um, it can throw you off balance, you know, that mm. kind of infatuation. Oh like, yeah. I don't think it's always good. And one thing I thought was interesting at the end of the movie is that, you know, she's like, this will be our last date, which I wonder if like she really orgasmed or, you know, had an ecstatic experience. Would that be true? I was curious what you guys thought of the depiction of a sex worker and sex work. And Kim, I specifically in relation to your experience in Barbados, seeing like British women yeah. with like local Bayesian black men, yeah. I, I did think to myself, like, what if, I'd be curious what this movie would be like if the actress was black and the sex worker was white. Yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting that they really, they, they chose they chose a sex worker of color and that's already super loaded and it's addressed yeah. somewhat, but not really. I mean, she yeah. says she's very uptight and judgy and she makes a very I mean I agree to a certain extent with some of the things that Camila was saying like she was it's hard to imagine this woman who's never had good sex never had an orgasm um and was so freaking uptight for especially putting her like in the 60s in this sexual revolution that's probably when she would have 60s or 70s would have been coming up and would have been young. And I get it, like that that happens, like people get married young, but I, it's 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 so it's so extreme. Yeah. Um, but but I but I, I accepted like that is a type of person. Maybe they just pushed it be, for the purposes of the, the movie. And she says things that are kind of degrading and weird and makes a lot of assumptions and says, I bought you. And he corrects her a lot. Like, you didn't buy me. You bought my services. We agreed to this. I set my price. You know, he's com- constantly asserting that he's not being uh He's he's not uh, being exploited in any way. He's not being trafficked. That it's his business, and and you know, we believe him. But then there is an undercurrent of like sadness. He turns out to be like a hurt person who happens to be doing sex work, yeah. which is definitely a trope, and definitely might be something that happens in real life. But I think it tries to bring some nuance you know not everybody is hooking on the streets and yeah you know people make a very very nice living doing this and it's you know seedy underworld of like street sex is not the only part of sex work that people should consider like, I don't think it can right. take on all the issues. It briefly touches on it. He asserts that he's an independent person who's not being bought. Like his personhood is not being bought. Um, and she's vulnerable too. So I don't know. I kind of put them on equal footing as far as that goes, as far as like what they're risking in a way. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that bothered me the most. It's like he goes to such trouble to say that I'm doing this because I want to, which is possibly true. And then, of course, of course, he's broken. It's just, I mean, you again, I could see it coming a million miles away. Look, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I very often get surprised by movies, but I was never less surprised by anything that happens in this movie. You wanted him to really say it and mean it and not have some dark secret yeah, that, I, I just that ultimately made him a sex worker. I mean, I kind of did, too. Yeah, it's like if you really enjoy it and you just maybe you're like a privileged, you know, maybe you come from privilege and you just do this because you truly. I mean, I also found it very hard to believe, like, I see something beautiful in all my clients. I'm like, come on, like the amount of disgusting people that have to come down the pipeline. You, 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 also, can, you can also turn down people. I, th- I think there's truth in, in all of that. Like, uh, do you know any sex workers, Camila? 
Yeah, I mean, you can, yeah, I know Tina's listening, but no, I know. But I mean, done. currently, currently, I don't. But I have okay. met in the past. But I will admit, I haven't gotten into conversations with them about this stuff, right? I have. I, I, I just have. know and what it, they did. And I'm curious about it. And I and and I do think that there are some sex workers that consider themselves as like human services. You know right. that they're doing. Um, work that's important that's elevated that's you know up there with being a a nurse or home health care aide or something they, they're they're caring for people i think that there is some truth to that i don't think that every sex worker is quite has that privilege or is in that privileged position but some definitely are um and I, I don't think that we should end the movie, try to bring up those ideas and, and lend some dignity and assert, okay, this is a job. And at the end, spoiler alert, she's completely won over because she experiences a lot of shame at the beginning and she experiences a lot of judgment towards him. And then by the end, he's convinced her, I'm doing a service. This is a service you needed. It's also like a nurse or one of those professions I mentioned. It's also something that requires a person that's a giving person. Yeah. I don't think that that's complete fantasy. Yeah, I, I just think the whole everything put together, the way that Bo is so tightly tied up, as Jen mentioned, or maybe you did earlier, that in the final act, she says, we won't meet again. It's like, why? Why are we putting this finality? On? It's just, it's too tidy. It's all so tidy. And yeah, that's like, I do think it was pitched for a very mainstream audience, you know, like, and maybe one that doesn't want that sort of moral ambiguity necessarily. I mean, interestingly, Kim, or what you guys are saying about the, his, that the, that the writer basically included his backstory as being like somewhat painful. And that sort of gives us a clue as to why he's doing the work. And a couple of months ago, I read this essay in the New Yorker about the trauma plot, that basically mm -hmm. there's this sort of redundant trope that has emerged in every single piece of storytelling, like that every character, we must trace everything back to some kind of trauma yeah. and that it's appearing more and more. And it's like, basically it's oh yeah i mean it's it's dreadful. a conversation that i have with playwright friends and like yeah we're not supposed to be writing plays about trauma um yeah. so says the powers that be what this essay says is that actually yeah. the trauma the trauma plot is manifest in almost everything now that if well, you don't I, have... I hear that and and that but but an edict from on on high has also come down to say stop writing trauma plots trauma porn etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so, that's weird yeah there's there's no authority we're running out of time unfortunately but can i ask you a question something that interested me about <laughs> that happened in the film in the You're last act me. emma thompson's character who is um her name is Mrs. Robinson. I think that's kind of also a little pat joke, but um, she she says that she's recommended him to a couple of her friends. And this really jumped out at me because in the event that you had enjoyed the services of a sex worker, would you recommend them to she's people you she's, know? He, is, he has completely turned around her entire psyche and in, in, in her life. So it's before the sex worker and after sex worker. And after sex worker, she is she tells the waitress that what they're doing there. Yeah, but I'm so talking why about, like, in, in our lives, like if you had like your favorite sex worker, would you be like, I, I ain't had hey, to pay Jen. for it yet. So catch me in like 40 years. Um, <laughs> and I'll answer that question. I would be like, I don't want to know that my friend is going to the same like amazing sex worker and then 
if yeah, I'm having sex with that how sex many worker, of the which same is not something that's happening, <laughs> but you know, let me clarify, how, it's not how many How many mutual sex partners do you have with, uh, you know, your five best gay male friends? Yeah, but we don't really discuss it. It's like a gentleman, like he says, like a gentleman never tells, as he says in the movie. It's like, do you really, I don't, I just don't recall having a conversation with anybody where we compared, you know, thoughts about a third party. I find that hard to believe. Right mm, Kim, that's right Camilo now. on the hot seat. Yeah, yes. as, as we know, as, as you know, what you're playing is the gay community is very incestuous. So yes, certainly I know people. Am I, that, do, did I imply that or? Absolutely. Not only that, you are accusing did, the gay community of being immoral and incestuous really that's what i'm hearing so certainly i've shared partners with other people i've I've had the same partners as other people but sitting around sort of it's kind of not done wait 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 let's back up you you just cast aspersions and i'm gonna have to back (laughs) that right up and address them (laughs) gay male sexuality it's not it's not anything like a straight female sexuality that i've encountered it's because men are men and uh, gay male sexual relations. Uh, it's a different culture. It's a different frequency. It's a different volume. I think we can all agree on that. I'm not I'm not saying anything that's not backed up by actual statistics. Um, and if we did a survey of your sex life, a I survey. feel like it would fall in line with what I'm saying. <laughs> and well, we won't because there's not enough time on this episode or in the next 51. So join us exactly. next week when we do a deep dive into Camila's many partners. Um, no, no, but I'm just, um, I was just being tongue in cheek with you. But, but what I, I mean, don't really what I mean is that, I don't know, maybe, maybe women sit around and they're like, oh no. my God, this guy's a really great lover. You need to try. Even outside of sex no. work, like this guy's a really great you lover. Need you need to try. try no, of course not. That's not, so that's, that's just not. I'm just saying that in the movie the fact that she did that with her friends i'm like whoa (laughs) i did yeah i (laughs) excuse me my covid um i don't i don't think i really talk about mm, i don't know if i do like deep dives about sex with my girlfriends (laughs) i have to say um, it's not like I, sex I, in the city. I've talked about sex with girls. I, I, I feel like women do talk about sex. Yeah, maybe, yeah. In a different way than men talk about sex. I don't feel like anyone wants to hear about like a couple's sex life, though. Yeah. I think it's more exciting when you're like dating and you're meeting different people. But like, I don't know. Like, like sex with your long term partner. It's not something that you share. Like, no. And I don't think anyone wants to hear it you know if i was like hey you guys i I think you'd be like sorry my zoom you'd be like my zoom connection's really bad it's true but when you're out there in the dating world like i mean i remember being a young person that was dating and i remember having conversations with other women about Yes, including me. It's just a part of life. Like, yeah, and I think that's really fun. I like, I like that actually. That's that's totally fine. Processing, but you didn't. But you never said, "Hey, this guy's really hot that I banged." Like Jen, you have to try him out. No, no, it's anything. Because young, young, attractive people or young people do not have to trade around uh, paid partners. That's just yeah. not the dynamic. Okay, if people anything, 55 and up, please write in and tell us. And tell us if, if you, you share your sex workers. <laughs> if anything, if there was someone who is really like, if anything, I was like a golem. I wanted to hide them. <laughs> I wanted to be like, you You never leave my room. Like, I, wow. I, I didn't want people, you know, we should at some point talk about like, it, I wish we had more time because it would be interesting to talk about experiences we've had with people. I've only ever had one really where you felt like completely, totally out of your league. Oh, <laughs> oh almost like they time. were so. That was kind of a thing with me. <laughs> I like to date really I people that were considered much more attractive than me models like because i enjoyed c 
seeing other people wonder what is he doing with her and i would just always think smugly like listener him is beautiful and hot so this this is is, ridiculous it is kind of ridiculous but this is a deep deep well we gotta we gotta wrap it up but i have so much to say on this so um okay um my thoughts will be heard wonderful part two well good luck we've talked about the leo grand out there we've talked about sex when your boobs hang down to your waist today next week sex when we were young yeah okay next week and stay tuned young hot keep keep those tits perky those tits were talking about them tits pointing to the sky Man, like mm-hmm. poking me in the eyeball. I remember I have to be like, Jesus, could you yeah. be a little less perky tits? I, those were the days. Um, share your sex stories, no matter what age you are with us at uh, After I mean, the Podcast. 18 plus, Camila. Yeah, yeah, okay. 18, 18 plus. <laughs> Not no matter what age. Um, Let us know if you've ever uh, procured the services of a sex worker. Yes, that would be really, really interesting to hear, actually. And how it went and whether they were like, they, they sort of turned your life around from an impasse you had reached. And if you recommended them to your friends. Yeah. And we think Kim has frozen. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, she's in a very, like, very jocular frozen moment. It looks like she's yeah. enjoying herself. Very joyous. Yeah. But um, uh, rate us on all the socials and all the pod apps, please. Five stars, like a very good escort. Yes, I I give this movie three stars. I do give Leo Grand six stars. I love Emma Thompson. I think she's a treasure. Oh, no, no. I was just rating the the, the physique. Oh, he was beautiful. And And he's um, a very good actor. They were both very charming in it. He was very good. And donate to our Patreon. Uh, Right now, what am I wearing? I'm wearing a... Keep it perky shirt. Keep it perky shirt. And one can be yours too if you become a Patreon donor at uh, patreon.com forward slash halfway there, the podcast. Anything else we want to say? Kim appreciates that you all listened. Yes. And um, stay safe out there. And stay, uh, stay perky. Yeah. Keep it perky. Keep it perky. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of halfway there. You get it.